The Force is with you, young Skywalker. But you are not a Jedi yet. So it has been a minute since Marcus and I have really had a MedVet um, health topic discussion. And one of the things I want to talk about is Marcus Curtis. Marcus is, you know, working, you know, really hard behind the scenes. Uh, we came up with the uh, the MedVets um, about a year ago, but he'd been very um, hands-on and really getting the uh, production in place. And, you know, I'm not one to, you know, um, applaud others when, you know, credit is due, I do that. But, you know, I'm going to uh, take a step back and just really let our MedVet listeners that I really appreciate, you know, Marcus for everything that he's doing um, with the MedVets. And, you know, I really appreciate, you know, you know what he's done and plan on doing. And, you know, we're just bringing a lot of content to the healthcare world. So I just wanted to, uh, to recognize him. Appreciate so. that. I really appreciate that. It was unexpected. You weren't prepared for that word. Well, I, I hope we don't have a whole segment on that. No, I, I, <laughs> no, I, I don't have a whole segment on that, but... One of the things that, you know, made me want to um, commend you on is that article that we found about two weeks ago Mm -hmm. um, regarding, you know, medical devices and how, you know, it may be harming patients more than helping them. Mm -hmm. And I don't understand social media, but, you know, you suggested I put it on social media, you know, LinkedIn, and as a result, you got a lot of views um, from that posting, mm-hmm. and so I again commend you for that. Thank you. Yeah. So, and you know, how did it make you feel seeing that off that one post that you got over fifteen thousand views? Um, honestly, that didn't phase me. Really? Yeah. I thought it was pretty cool. I I don't know why. Um, but it was more so. I I. I to be honest, I shared it with you guys as a morale booster for the company, not mm-hmm. not for myself, right? Yeah. Um, but I think it I think it's unique that it reached that many people. Um, it would be great to have a nice ORI on that, you know, like um, actually having people reach out to learn more about the services. Mm-hmm. But I think that's going to come with more marketing and uh, more outreach. No, I agree. And I think it will come with just having, you know, discussions and getting a little bit more of um, exposure. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, for me, you're, you know, it wasn't about the 15,000 views. So how did it make you feel? It's knowing that, it, the way it made me feel is knowing that, you know, people are interested in what we're sharing. Mm-hmm. You know, our topics as far as, you know, we're not talking about sports, finances, or, or business, but everyday topics that everybody should be having. But you know, let's let's clarify something for the listeners. What I posted on my LinkedIn had absolutely nothing to do directly with the MedVets podcast. Correct. It, um, it was a interesting article. What was it with, about? Let them know. It was an article that kind of um, it was from a journalist from the New Yorker um, magazine, and I think he had published it in April of twenty um, twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. And please forgive me, I don't. Um, you know, his name doesn't ring a bell. Dr. Gropeman. Okay, I appreciate that. Um, but it's something that, you know, we're passionate about as far as healthcare, you know, medical devices, 
and just really educating the whole community about the devices and how they can, you know, cause harm. And with our parent company, mm-hmm. um, Imperial uh, Surgical Partners, is what we're trying to do is really educate the masses on just healthcare and medical devices, you know, uh, specifically. What What did you like? If you had to pick one thing about the article, what was one thing that really stood out to you? And um, and then I'll let you know what stood out to me, like what I really liked about it. But, you know, I'm really surprised that Bro, you can don't... can I answer the question? I, yeah, but I mean, first of all, I'm really surprised that you don't even know that doctor's name. His name is Dr. Jerome Gropman. <laughs> hey. um, and I say that to the listeners because that that's um, KP's middle name. Mr. Hey. <laughs> Mr. Romy Rome. <laughs> all right, I'm going to get you back one day. But um, No, nah, all right, so what did you like about What's the one thing you really liked about it? Honestly, the one thing that I liked about it was it shows that others are in alignment with our passion. Mm-hmm. That we're not just talking about these things and it's going on deaf ears. Mm-hmm. You know, reading an article like, okay, Somebody is experiencing the same thing that we have, being in the field, being educated, you know, in, in healthcare. There's others that recognize that there's a problem. And one of the things that stood out for me was he mentioned how other countries have a registry uh, reporting um, implants and also highlighting any kind of adverse events. But the United States does not have a registry for those implants and as you know Marcus you know when we're in the field with these you know these surgeons is we get revision cases maybe four to five times a month Mm -hmm. and it's a challenge trying to identify the right um, instruments to remove these things because we don't know uh, what implant was in this patient we're not able the surgeons are not required to dictate the actual size and so you know from our perspective it's good seeing that others you know understand that this issue needs to be addressed mm-hmm. i agree i agree so what stood out for you um well the first thing what stood out to me was was his statement about like you know toyota could recall such and such mechanical part in their cars like you know easily um however a big manufacturer like medtronic or J&J they don't have those same capabilities to do that with their implants. But here the issue, another thing that he mentioned, I don't mean to cut you off. Mm-hmm. Well, you did. But, you know, he mentioned that these big companies have lobbyists that are, um, you know, preventing, you know, the government from doing a registry. Yeah. Yeah. So that's another, that was going to be my second point that I was going to point out. So thanks for segueing into that. Of course. Um, that it was also interesting to me that there have been attempts, per se, to create other registries, but it seems as if these lobbies are preventing it from happening. Well, you got to think about it. What's the benefit for a manufacturer to have a registry? So before I answer that question, I'm going to flip it back to you, and I'm going to ask you, if others have tried, what makes you think you'll be successful? Well, I don't know if others have tried, but... Um, well, we just we just established that people these big companies have lobbyists preventing registries. Preventing, so I'm not sure they're preventing it. I'm not sure if others have tried, and so um, I haven't read anything to where you mm-hmm. know um, company A, B, or C 
have tried to do this. I agree. Because the reason why, in my opinion, they haven't done it is because it's just going to benefit them. It's mm-hmm. not going to benefit the industry as a whole. And so with the National Registry, it should benefit the whole industry. And these big companies should come together and say, hey, we are going to focus on the patient, not just building a widget. Mm-hmm. And from my experience, which is why we created it, is I saw that there's a problem. Yeah. And, you know, as you know, we work with a number of different manufacturers and we can say, hey, just work with them and just plug into the registry. Do what's right for the patient. And a lot of times these manufacturers are worried about the bottom line and not necessarily what's right for the patient. Yeah, no. And that's one thing I would like to commend you on um, is actually having the insight of identifying a major problem and then coming up with a expert solution really it, it's really an efficient way to uh, manage recalls mm-hmm. if, if they need to and it does so much more um, as far as following regulations and compliance with the FDA JCO Joint Commission and um, Health Human Services and even the CDC guidelines yeah so I really do want to commend you on that for being proactive instead of reactive and I do believe in the software that we have created I think it's going to be it's going to be a hit it's just it's just a matter of time no, I agree and you know one of the things that I would say that a lot of what we do a lot of what I do really comes from me being in the military um, the military gave me the insight the discipline to think outside of the box and you know it's a scary step of trying to put something, you know, in place, knowing I have Goliath, mm-hmm. whether it's the hospital system, whether it's the manufacturers, who will, go, who will try to deter me from getting this done. But one of the things I learned about the military is service before self. And I want to apply that same, you know, perspective in what we do. And so I want to think about the patients before the bottom line. And I want to get these hospital systems, I don't want to get the manufacturers to align with us and understand that at the end of the day, it's about patient. You don't want the patient being um, on that operating table for so long because that's how they acquire, you know, infections. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, and I think it's it's admirable the fact that you're looking out with the patients. But you know what, Keith, I, I know you. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I know that the patients aren't the only thing. So for the listeners, I, I think that they're not aware of that. I think uh, KP's turning 50 soon. and we all going to turn 50. <laughs> <laughs> so. And he's trying to make sure, God forbid, when the time comes, that if he ever needs back surgery, that his shit is accounted and cared for. So, so you're going to put that on me like that? <laughs> no, I do not want that. I swear to God. I, mean, I, do not want, I do not wish back surgery on anybody. I'm glad that my brother is healthy, man. He's a, he's a, a healthy... 36. Yeah. But, but <laughs> Marcus knows that, you know, I still got those Mike Tyson haymakers. Yeah. So, no, you know, for sure. For so sure. Yeah. All right. So let's transition real quick off of healthcare. All right. We're going to talk about Mike Tyson. You seen the fight? Um, I did. What'd you think? Are think you proud? Are you still throwing those type of haymakers? I think Mike still got it. Okay. All right. Yeah. I, I think. Would you, you know, ever got in the ring with him? To shake his hand. Yeah. <laughs> That's about it. Not to put no gloves on. But hey, if Mike was doing a uh, a, a promo and say, hey, people want to shake your hand, I'll shake Mike's hand. You know how much day. he got paid for that? I think it was like a smooth $10 million. Wow. Yeah. I think it was a smooth $10 million. So 
I think that I would taxes. Yeah, maybe six million. Right. Yeah, I think if um if if we had the funds to pay Mike Tyson fifteen million, he would throw the fight. I could knock his ass out for fifteen million. Honestly, I don't. Man, he he threw that fight, and I don't, I, no, I and they're fucking up boxing. All right, my, him. My my opinion. He's fucking up boxing. I don't. Think he fucked it up when he bit Holyfield. I, I don't. He's fucking think it up now. Look what Floyd Mayweather's doing now. Me, let me say this. I don't think Mike threw that fight, and here's why. I think um, Mike's mentality once he steps into that ring, mm-hmm. it's about boxing. Okay, but. He saw his opponent, which is somebody that he cares for, somebody that he doesn't want to, you know, um, diminish. And I looked at it as there were times where Mike could have... Mike did it for the money. He did it for the money. Shit, we all do things for the money. But I still think that if it was another opponent, Mike would have landed one or two of those uppercuts. He would have ducked down and came up. But because it was, you know, Roy Jones Jr. and he had a respect for Roy... I think he didn't, you know. I, I didn't. I think he didn't throw those those punches. But I, from what I saw, Mike still got it. Even in the ring, if it was another um, opponent, I think Mike really would have knocked him out. But I think out of respect and love for Roy, he didn't want to put Roy on the canvas. Mm-hmm. No disrespect to Roy, because I think Roy still got it also. But mm-hmm. I think Mike, once he got in that ring, it was no hold barred. But then he took a step back because of of who it was. My opinion. Hey, I, don't, hey. I, don't think he, I don't think he threw the fight. No, and, and I hear that. But now, you know, what's crazy is this whole Floyd Mayweather thing. And I don't want to get too deep into that. But it's just like, man, like they they, they are messing boxing up. Well, they got their money. They've yeah, got their yeah. name and everything. So, I mean. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know. Sports just don't seem the same. Fuck you, Corona. Fuck, fuck Corona because Corona fucked everything. Football is good, actually, still. Is uh, it? What do you think? I mean, you have to think about football, and I'm not um, in football like that. I mean, but, but Corona but, fucked up basketball. It's fucking up boxing. Shit, no. It's fucking Social up a lot of shit. Social media fucked up basketball. All right, all right. I, don't, I, I would like to hear that perspective, but let's go back to um, what you were just saying. Um, so... In any football game, mm-hmm. the refs, to my, you know, just talking to guys, okay. the refs can kind of control the atmosphere of football, mm-hmm. of a play, because in almost every single play, this is, you know, a couple guys I talk to familiar with, you know, football. And again, I'm, I watch it, but I'm not into it like that. But they're like, in every single play, somebody's holding somebody. Yeah. You can mess up a play for holding just for any and everything you know so the rest really are in control of football they can call a holding play they don't have to call it they can call a pass interference i mean you saw the game. i mean but that that's oh, been that's let's been go back. that's you been saw the game against the Chargers and the rams where that guy clearly passed interfered with him that was a pass interference mm-hmm. charge mm-hmm. the rest could have said hey you know what let's bring that back but no they control it yeah but that's nothing to do like i feel like that's been how football has always been I say Corona because, you know, people can't box anymore. It's not the same. There's no audience. Basketball, there's no audience. But football, you guys still got the fans. And you're still playing in your arenas. That, that's where I was going. But I, I feel you on that. Keith is just really salty because he, he's a, um, what's that bird's name? Oh, you're an Eagles fan, right? He's an Eagles fan. So. I know you're not talking. <laughs> How many games have your team won? I'm a Saints fan. What the fuck? <laughs> Yo. Six months ago, it was the Jets. <laughs> then all of a sudden, oh, Tom Brady went to the Buccaneers. Oh, man. I'm a Buccaneers fan. 
today. Who that? Today, Who that? In the first time <laughs> I've heard the Saints out of this guy's mouth. Who that? And so, wow. <laughs> You're just jumped from team to team. No loyalty. At least oh, I'm loyal. Oh, man. I'm a Knicks fan, bro. Do or die. Mm. Do or die. I'm a New York fan, all right? I'm a New York fan. Nah, but um, who did who the Knicks um pick up this year? Shit, I don't know. I'm oh, about, but you are. I'm, I'm about to come to Brooklyn. Actually, this year. <laughs> oh, I, first wait, of all, wait. I just, I just, I corrected myself. I said I'm a New York fan, and this year I'm a Brooklyn Nets fan. All right. You so say you're a Knicks fan. I don't even know who they picked up this year. Oh my god. Man. Anyways. We're here to talk about medical. Let's get back to the medical, okay? This is... <laughs> Alright. No, but... um, see this hot. For all the listeners out there, you know, just make sure that if you're getting any type of surgery that requires implants, that, you know, you, you got some information, know-how of why, what it is, and um, where it came from. And you can ask those type of questions. So don't be scared to have a better understanding of what literally what's going into your body. I mean, we're conscious of that every day with what we eat, the medicines we take. Mm-hmm. And so I really urge all the listeners, if you or you know someone who is going to be receiving something implanted into their body due to surgery to make them better, make sure they know all the who's, when's, what's, how's, and where's And then came you need from. to get it taken out. That's kind of the thing. That's the our main focus mm-hmm. is putting it in. You can get educated on that, go to different, you know, search engines and receive, you know, videos and, and different information. But there's going to be a time where those implants may have to be removed. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where we come into play, having a registry and doing something proactive for the industry. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and on that note, before we end, I'm just curious to know how many professional athletes have something implanted in their body. Oh, there's a number of them. Yeah, I mean, I would just like to know how many. I mean, they're the number of retired football players that have gone to see back surgeons mm. that, you know, you know, we've operated on. Um, but, man, they're the number. Yeah, man. So, with that said, everybody, yeah, thanks for listening. Any last words, KP? No, just continue to plug in, you know, to the MedVets. Please subscribe. And this is just us. You know, mm-hmm. we're very passionate about healthcare. We're passionate about the military veterans. And we're just trying to do something different. Yeah, so. Absolutely. So, yeah, so enjoy your day, enjoy your week. Make sure you subscribe and tune in next time. Thanks for listening.